Welcome, everybody. Good morning to Northside Baptist Church. Come into, uh, the, into the sanctuary, please. In this world of shaking and shifting sand and troubles all about us, we have a solid rock foundation in Christ. So we don't have to be shaken because God is not shaken. So we don't have to be shaken. We can stand on his promises. And forever he is faithful. Let's stand up as we worship together. Give him an offering of praise. Thanks to the Lord, our God and King, His love endures forever. For He is good, He is above all things, His love endures forever. Sing praise, sing praise, with a mighty hand and outstretched arm. Forever God is with us Forever 
trumpet call, lift your voice, use the gear of Jubilee.
All right. Okay, let's uh, get, if y'all will make your way back to your seats. Okay, if y'all will make your way back to your seats. You can be seated. As we move into um, the rest of our, our worship time together, let's just uh, take a couple of minutes to pray together. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you so much for today. Thank you for um, this time to come together as church body, as brothers and sisters, um, to worship you, to hear from your word. Lord, be with us as we, uh, as we meet together today. Thank you that you're right here amongst us. Lord, we commit this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you, choir. And as we uh, as they come down, the children can go to children's church at this time as well. You know, uh, one of my friends used to say, "It's harder." to do a one, a one sermon every once in a while than it is to do like a series of sermons every week. And uh, I think it's probably true. You know, it's like, well, how do you know what to come up with? But uh, the Lord has been uh, showing me some things, and so I just wanted to kind of share with you what he's been showing me. Uh, you know, Pastor Gary will be here in a couple weeks, our associate pastor, and he did a great job the other day. He had one sermon to give, and that was a great job. And, at least you don't have to vote for me, vote anything for me today, like you did for him. So. <laughs> Pressure is off, right? Um, but Pastor, for those of you visiting, Pastor Aaron's out uh, out this week, but he'll be back next week, and we're excited that our associate pastor, Pastor Gary, will be starting in a couple of weeks. And so, um, let's just go to the Lord together and pray before we open His Word this morning. God, just thank you so much for this time again, just to come together, as brothers and sisters, as the body of Christ, to worship You. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to, to open your word that you've given us uh, that holds, uh, holds life, Lord. Help, help us to uh, open our hearts today. We will see what you have um, for us. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. As you turn there, I would ask you to stand in honor of reading God's word. We're going to read verses 16 through 18. We're kind of going to go through most of the chapter briefly, but we're going to focus here at 16 through 18. So this is the word of the Lord. So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. You can be seated. Thank you. I remember my dad, uh, closer, probably closer to his retirement, he'd been doing his job for, you know, over 30 years. He'd been there forever. And, uh, he knew what he was doing, and he and his department uh, pretty efficient. And then new management came in. Uh, his department was asked to do more with less, and they had their own ideas about how to do things. And I'm sure you kind of may have experienced that yourself. Um, but he he kind of grew frustrated and grew. Um, yeah, I guess frustrated is a good word with uh, with what was going on there. And so one of his uh, Co-workers gave him a picture. I'm going to put it on the screen here in just a second. But it helped give him perspective. Uh, he took it home and showed it to us, and I thought it was pretty cool. And then he, then he put it in his office. So, yeah, sometimes you feel like the frog, right? You're getting swallowed up. But never give up. That frog's holding on to the stork's neck. And so that's what got him through, I guess, the last few years before he retired. I don't know. But, but anyway, it helped him. Maybe it helps you. But this morning... Our text says, we do not lose heart. The Holman and maybe a couple others say, we do not give up. 
it's that same idea. Uh, we don't get discouraged. We don't give up. We don't lose heart. And today, you know, with so much chaos and turmoil going on, uh, inflation, now war, uh, it can be easy to get discouraged and to lose heart, uh, even with God, what God has called us to do. Um, I've even noticed this at work. Uh, you know, the past two years, you know, everybody blames everything on the pandemic or on COVID, and I get, you get tired of hearing that. But the past two years, we've gone through that, and I, I've sensed a resolve, really, in the people I work with to get through it. Um, because, you know, you know there's better days coming. You know, we're going to get through it. And then just the past couple of months, I've sensed this people losing heart. Uh, maybe a sense of fatalism because, you know, the new year came. It's going to get better. And it really hasn't. Inflation's getting higher. Other stuff's happening. Um, the supply chain is broken. That's another word. Aren't you tired of hearing the supply chain? I'm here, tired of hearing that word. But we're in the distribution, you know, my, my company, we're in the distribution business, so we deal with that. Um, and so some may not have, like, quit. They might not have given up and quit. But there is, you can sense that they may just be going through the motions. Have you ever been to a store uh, and somebody helping you was just going through the motions? Is that a good experience? No, it's not a good experience. <laughs> Have you ever found yourself just going through the motions sometimes? We, you know, life, t life can come at you and uh, it can be difficult. What God asks us to do can be difficult and sometimes it becomes overwhelming and we may just be going through the motions. Well, Paul and his companions here in this second letter we have in the Bible to the Corinthian church says despite all this stuff going on, we do not lose heart. So what's going on, just briefly, what's going on in Corinth? Well, there's stress. It's inner, it's, there's personal stress going on. Um, I know we have stressful times that we're dealing with. Um, Paul was dealing with some stressful situations with the Corinthians. If you've read 1 Corinthians, you realize all the stuff going on. There's some sinful stuff going on. He had to confront some of that. They had to deal with it. They had, church, had to have some church discipline. All these things cause conflict. Um, now he's been gone for a little while. And some are asking him for letters of recommendation uh, that would prove his spiritual authority. That's not uncommon in the ancient world. Guys would travel. You didn't really have the internet to look people up. Um, so they would carry you know, an official letter that says, hey, you know, this guy is legit. Uh, but Paul had lived among the Corinthians for 18 months. He brought the gospel there, started the church there. Um, so you can see where he might be a little hurt by at being asked for that. So um, sometimes people will hurt us. Um, we may not understand it. It causes that interpersonal stress. But this does not stop Paul from doing what he's called to do. It does not stop Paul from loving the Corinthians and for continuing to want to um, serve them. And then Paul makes plans to visit and he has to change those plans a couple of times. Again, back then that was probably difficult to communicate. It's like, hey, I'm coming. Well, how am I, I can't just like call you or FaceTime you and say, well, that changed. So it causes, you know, so it was 
causes difficulty on the Corinthians. It caused some of them to lose faith in him and to say things about him. Hurtful. But let's talk about your plans changing. Now, we can make our plans. This is not the first time this had happened to Paul. You remember he was on his second missionary journey. He had planned to go more into Asia. Uh, and the Macedon he had that dream with the Macedonian call, and it changed his direction. He went west into Europe. And so we have to remember that God is in control. God's plan is perfect. Our plan might go one way, but God's plan is perfect, and God's timing is perfect timing. So just because your plans get changed a little bit doesn't mean you should give up. You should keep going. God's got the perfect plan. So we need to align our plans with his plans. So Paul has done this. So but all of these things have called, caused stress there in Corinth. And then some are even saying things about his ministry. Because you're suffering, because you're going through uh, suffering for the, excuse me, for the sake of the gospel, God's not blessing your ministry. God's not in this. Can you imagine that? But Paul goes through all kind of stuff. We're studying that in Acts in Sunday school um, this morning, how he was stoned and left for, you know, left for dead. I mean, those, he is going through some serious suffering. And it's not because God is punishing him. It's not because he's doing anything wrong. It's just that's what God is leading him through. And Paul recognizes that. And just to give you one brief, um, before we get into our text, in, first, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, he, ta- he addresses this a little bit. Chapter 1, verses 8 through 9. And I am going to read from the NLT. We read this morning from the ESV. That's what I like to (coughs) study out of. But sometimes the NLT is simpler, and it just helps me understand, my simple mind, to understand what is really being said. So I'm just going to read you verses 8 and 9. We think you ought to know about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. So the reason Paul is being taken through this stuff is not because he's doing something wrong, it's so that he will trust God completely This is where he took Paul and what he took Paul through. And Paul's faith is strengthened by God's faithful deliverance. And so Paul trusts God with his life. So if you flip back over to chapter 4 and go to just the first verse. Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. So this is Paul's ministry. He's a minister of the gospel. doesn't matter what he goes through. He's not going to lose heart. He's going to do what God has for him to do. Recently, um, you guys have heard us talk about our trip to Ecuador. Uh, I've been working on this for, what is this, Mark? So almost two years working with the missionary there and finally went through a lot of planning. Probably this past trip we went on in January, we planned for, I'd say probably 15, 16 months 
went into planning that. Just talking with eight different churches. Uh, we had nine people signed up to go. And to make a long story short, people started dropping out as we made plans. Um, I was down to six people in December. So I was like, okay, we're going to take six. We'd made plans with the missionary um, to go. Uh, we were leaving in January, so we had about a month. And then I get a call from one of the pastors out in Villarica. says he has COVID, which is nothing we can do about that. But, and I'm thinking, well, this is the Omicron. This is not going to last very long. That's fine. You'll get over it. We'll go. It'll be fine. Well, he has some underlying health issues, and it got worse. And so it ends up he couldn't go. And because he couldn't go, another guy out there wasn't going to go. And so we were down to four. I'm like, okay, let's regroup. Let's, uh, all right, we can, we can pivot and, and change our plans a little bit. So then about two weeks before we're going to go, Pastor Aaron says, hey, I've got COVID. And uh, I'm like, man, then we're going to have to re. And so I was thinking, well, you'll get through it. But he said, no, you know, it worked out. He wasn't going to be able to go. So we're down to three of us to do this thing we've been planning on for eight people to do. And so, okay, and so then it comes down to the last week and one of the guys may have problems with his paperwork. He may not be able to go, so we may be down to two. So at this point, that lose, don't lose heart, that kind of comes real to me. You know, I'm like, you know. But God changed our plans, uh, ended up three of us, ended up going and it was, it was great. And the other two guys who were not able to go earlier they just got back so kind of turned two trips out of one so you know um, but through this I was studying before we we left I was studying I like to read through Acts just to see the how God uses the, the spirit uses Paul and Barnabas and then later um, Silas and all those guys to bring the gospel to people who've never heard it before and just to see their personal interaction. I just love to read through Acts, especially before going on one of these trips. And so I was doing that and I came to Acts 16 where they go to, to uh, Philippi. And that was just after what I told you, God changed their direction. They went to Philippi. They did what God said to do. And God moved, but they went to jail in Philippi. So they were doing what they were supposed to do, but they still went to jail. They still suffered. I'm like, man. Um, so there's times we can be doing what, exactly what we're supposed to do. We can follow God exactly where we're supposed to go, and we're still going to suffer. And again, like Paul said in chapter 1, it's to teach us to fully rely on him and not ourselves. So we are heading to Ecuador, and we get on the plane. It's a five-and-a-half-hour trip. So I was planning on, it had been a very stressful week. And stuff that happened at our house that week. I'm glad I didn't know about till after I left. That might have put me over the top. But anyway, you know, the Satan always attacks you. We had a septic tank issue, is, is what it was. But Deanna did great. So anyway, so I'm like, I'm just gonna relax on the plane. I'm gonna sleep. I might watch a movie or something. Well, nothing worked. None of the the screens didn't work. I didn't have any music to listen to. I wasn't really sleepy. And I don't know about you. If you've flown anywhere lately and you wear the mask, sleeping with the mask doesn't work for me because I snore and anyway. <laughs> it's not good. Not good. 
So I thought, okay, well, I, I don't really have another book. I'll just read the Bible. Hey, what an idea. So anyway, I started reading through 2 Corinthians. I got to chapter 4. I'm feeling discouraged a little bit, but hey, we're going. I've still been discouraged. Chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. Cool. So I start reading on down a little bit more. Get to chapter, get to verse 8. We are afflicted, perplexed, persecuted, struck down. Have you ever felt like that? Sometimes we do. But praise the Lord, that is not all it says. Because we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. So we can go through this stuff, but we're not going through it alone. And there's a reason. It's to trust God completely. So I'm like, that's encouraging. Thank you. So I keep reading. I get down to verse 16. So we do not lose heart. Huh, that's the second time I've heard that in this chapter. It kind of bookends this chapter. And I think it's, was, it was very helpful to me because I, I was discouraged. Uh, and it got my attention. In fact, I was reading it in the Holman, which it says, we do not give up. And I had just been, like I told you, I had just been reading through Acts. And I'm just going to share a little something with you. I wrote down some notes on my legal pad. I just tore a page out. And I got, and I read that about them going through Philippi, going through the persecution, and then they went on to Thessaloniki. And I wrote this down. I said, they were redirected and they regrouped. There is a bigger plan we can't see. Then I wrote this. I said, they did not stop. And I had been thinking about our, our partnership in Ecuador. We're not going to stop. That's where God has called us to go. But then I got to chapter 4, and I read this twice. They did not stop, and it got my attention. And so uh, the verses we read today, verse 16, so that we do not lose heart. Um, it says, therefore, that word therefore, is that in your translation? Therefore, we do not lose heart. You always have to see what, what that's there for. It means it's based on this. We do not lose heart. So it's based on the verses. We're going to look at the verses right before it. It's based on faith, confidence, and grace and glory. Faith. Paul really believed God had a purpose in his sufferings. He had learned to trust God with the outcome. He had learned to trust God with his own life. Let's look, at, let's look back up at verse 13. It says, since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and we also speak. Paul is quoting from Psalms 116 here. It's a line from Psalms 116.10 where he says, I believed and so I spoke. In this psalm, this psalm is a psalm of deliverance. The psalmist had been in trouble. He had been in despair even for his life. He didn't get to that point. <clears throat> but he believed and trusted in the Lord because of what he knew about God. So if you'll flip over real quick to Psalm 116, we're just going to look at a couple of verses just to kind of give you an idea of what Paul, what, where Paul's at here. Psalm 
And for extra credit, you can read the whole thing, but we're going to read a couple of verses. Psalm 116.1 uh, says, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. And then go on to two. Because he has inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call on him as long as I live. So uh, God hears us. God hears his children when we call out to him. Now I've heard people say, you know, when, when we're praying for something, God says yes. And let's, let's that happen. You say, man, thank God for that he answers prayers. But you know, even if he said no and didn't give it to you, he answered your prayer. He heard you. We don't have to, you know, do fancy dances and everything to get his attention. He hears the cries of his children. So if you've been praying for something for a long time, he hears you. His answer may be wait. Remember, God's timing is perfect timing. It's, it may not be our timing, but it's perfect timing. His answer may be no, but he hears you. And that psalmist knew this about God. And then just go down to verses uh, 5 and 6. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. That sounds like where Paul was there in that verses we read from, chap from uh, chapter 1. He was brought low to the point where he could only depend on God. And God saved him. So these are things that Paul knows is true about God. These are things the psalmist knew was true about God. And so he has faith and trust in the Lord, even with his own life. So he says, we believe, we also speak. From that belief, he, is gonna, he speaks here, and he's going to keep doing what God has called him to do, which is to, to preach the gospel, no matter what. So I don't know if about you, but I've seen God's deliverance in the past. I've seen him work in the lives of others. And I know that we can trust him whatever we're going through. We can fully rely on him. And by faith, we can keep going and not lose heart. Not only faith and trust will keep us going, but confidence in the resurrection. Let's look at verse 14 of back in chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians. Knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. It's a bodily resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus means everything. Because he's alive, we can keep going. Because he's alive, everything we believe is true. God raised him from the dead. He conquered the grave. We don't have anything to fear. This means we can trust him with our life. We have nothing to fear in death. This means we have hope. Folks that don't believe this don't have true hope. They don't have hope that's going to carry them through. They have hope in things that don't last. Our hope is in a risen Savior. Paul's faith is anchored in the resurrection 
and the confidence that Jesus rose again. I've seen firsthand, and you probably have too, how this confident hope can keep you from losing heart. When it seems like everything you know is out of control and there's pain and suffering and loss that's so great, confident hope in an eternal home and in Jesus will keep you going. Like the song says, we, we sing at Easter, but we should sing it all the time. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Paul did not despair even in facing death. He was confident in the resurrection power of our God. Just one more other passage. Let's look at, let's look at what he says about this. And just flip over to 1 Corinthians 15. This is encouraging to me. It's the end of the, it's a long chapter. It's the end of the chapter. He's talking about um, the resurrection at the last trumpet. But because Jesus rose again, we will too. We believe in him. This is verse 54. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. You're doing what God has called you to do. Your labor is not in vain, and you can be steadfast no matter what he takes you through. Like I said, our world is going crazy, chaotic. There may become a time, there's a time now all over the world where it is not so easy to serve the Lord. We've got it easy. It may come here time when we have to make a decision to stand and be persecuted or to lose heart. In these verses, I think this confidence in the resurrection and a life to come, we can be steadfast, immovable, and always abounding in the work of the Lord, no matter what our circumstances, because it's for his glory. So if you go back, let's look at the back at our passage in 2 Corinthians 4 15 so our faith and trust in the Lord will keep us from losing heart our confidence in the resurrection will keep us going in verse 15 for it is all for your sake so that as grace extends to more and more people it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God it's all for God's glory when we get our eyes on ourselves and look at our troubles around us. We might be tempted to give up and to lose heart. But if we keep that perspective that this is all for God's glory. And we're serving him. Then that will keep us to go. Give us a perspective that Paul had. Let's look at a little bit more in the verses we read earlier about Paul's perspective. I think this is a perspective 
we need to live every day with. So let's go back to 16. So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. The world around us may continue to fall into chaos, but our spirit is renewed and strengthened by fully depending on him. And in verse 17, for this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. There does, Paul does his compare and contrast. Our, what we're going through is so light compared to the heaviness, the weight of glory of what's waiting for us uh, in eternity. Now Paul said his light affliction talked about he went through all kind of suffering. Later in 2 Corinthians, he talks about he was in shipwrecks. Uh, he was stoned. He got 40 lashes several times, beaten with rods. So I don't know what you're going through right now. That seems pretty heavy affliction to me, especially in light of my being discouraged because a few people didn't go with me on a trip. But for Paul, he said this is light affliction compared to the weight of glory, compared to what's waiting for us, compared to eternity with our Savior, Jesus. And so I can endure it. So whatever we're going through, whatever he brings us through, keep your eyes on our eternal hope, and it will get you through. And then we come to verse 18. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. The stuff going around us, around us seems so real at that time, but it says, but the word here says they're transient. It's passing away. So that's not where we should focus. We should focus on what's real, what's eternal. Keep our eyes on him. You know, the world looks at the outward things that really only they can see. They may ridicule us, give us a hard time, but our faith and our confidence and our focus on the glory of God will get us through. So just uh, briefly, just thinking about all of this, three things to think about as we wrap it up. Difficult circumstances do not necessarily mean you did something wrong. You know, if you've sinned or if you've done something dumb, then yeah, you're going to pay the price for that, right? I mean, I think maybe we've all fallen in that category too. But Paul and his companions trust the Lord. Those in Corinth are claiming he's suffering because he's an unfaithful minister of the gospel. But Paul says, no, I'm suffering because this is where God has taken me. So I can fully rely on him. So you may be praying and God may not change your circumstances. But he wants to change you. And he wants to do it for his glory. So difficult circumstances come. They do not necessarily mean you did something wrong. Difficult times do not surprise God. He is in control and he has a plan. God is sovereign. That means he's in control of the trials. If not, if they're just up to fate, if it just happens, then we may as well give up, really, when you think about it. But he's in control. 
so we can trust him, even going through difficult times. Even if things get delayed or we have to change our plans, God's timing is perfect timing. And that brings me to the last thought I had. Difficult times do not last forever. Focus on what will last. Even if you are suffering, it means an end to this life. What glory awaits us in the next one? So difficult times do not last forever. Like Paul, regardless of the suffering, regardless of the temporary cost, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep doing what God has called me to do. I hope we can all have that attitude. Even when you know it's so chaotic around us, we can just keep going for his glory. We had our our week there in Ecuador and what I do is I kind of write down I have a little journal I keep but I don't write down a lot while we're going through it highlights you know a few points and then when we get back I take about a week or so and then I just sit down and kind of get a perspective and write so I'm just going to show you a couple things that I learned as this helped me maybe it will help you so I wrote down the word sovereignty. I wrote down, his plan is better. He knows what we need to learn. And he knows what's best in every situation. And then for me, I wrote these three words, trust, obedience, and peace. If I trust him no matter what, and I do what he tells me to do, I'm obedient, I have peace. No matter what's going on, I can have peace because I know it's in his hands. It's not in my hands. I'd mess it up. So I don't know what you're going through here today. Uh, maybe it's what difficulties you may be having. Maybe it's trouble being a parent, trouble with, with a kid. Uh, maybe it's providing for your family. Maybe you're overwhelmed in something, a certain, you know, something you're doing here at church, service to the Lord. Maybe you're just overwhelmed. Maybe you've been praying for something for a long time. I would say, don't give up. Don't lose heart. Trust the Lord. Trust his answer. Trust his timing. So that's kind of what God's been showing me. So I just wanted to share that with you. Encourage you today. Don't lose heart. God is in control. Let's pray together. Lord, just thank you for your word. Thank you for encouragement. Thank you for men like Paul and Barnabas and Silas and those guys who just went through so much for the sake of the gospel. Thank you for your spirit who moved in the hearts of those who had never heard. And the church grew. So Lord, just thank you for our church here. Thank you for what you've put us. We've put us here for a specific place and a specific time. I pray that we would no matter what, do what you would have us do and, and that we would not grow weary doing it. That we would do it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. As the praise team is here, we're going to have an invitation. We're going to sing a song, um, Praise the King. I love the words to this song. It talks about because Jesus is alive. It says, there's a couple of lines. It says, there's a reason why we are not overtaken. There's a reason why our hearts can be courageous. Let's just focus on that this morning. I'll be up front if you need to come. The altar is here if you need to come pray. 
Let's please stand together.
Amen. Thank you. Y'all can be seated for a second. And a couple of announcements. I'm going to share a couple from the bulletin. And then Bill's going to come up and he's got an announcement. And then we'll have our deacon of the week, Larry Chappelle, come and close us in prayer. Um, just draw your attention to the bulletin. If you haven't signed up for church directory pic pictures, Miss Pam was good this morning and, and reminding everybody of that. And so we're having, uh, if you've signed up, there are pictures right after the service today. If you haven't signed up, please do so. And we're going to do it again on the 27th. Um, let's see, we've got next Saturday is the youth is going to present who's got the sheriff, who got the sheriff. And so there's going to be two youths. If you know who you are, raise your hand. There we go. One. Okay. Going to be out in the lobby to help you sign up for that, but we need you to sign up today. Really, tomorrow is the last day you're signed up, but you probably won't be here tomorrow. So today is your last day to sign up for that. Please uh, make sure you're coming on the 19th. I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, so sign up for that. And then, um, ladies, if you haven't signed up yet, join the Sisterhood group. Uh, sign up information for that is out there. Come join one of our Bible studies on Wednesday night. I'm getting a lot out of that. For, a, for We have a women's one. I'm not getting anything out of that. But the men's one's really good. Um, so, all right. So, check it out. Always read your bulletin so you know what's going on. Thank you uh, for your attention today. And Bill's going to come up, and he has a special announcement, and then Larry's going to pray for us. All right, uh, I don't know if any of y'all have been getting word. We're going to have a barbecue stew and fixings for a reason. There is a purpose. There's a benefit for uh, one that used to come here. I'll let you know more about it. I'll just read from here. Please join us at Northside Baptist Church April the 2nd and give support to David Satterwhite and his family. This is my wife Jennifer's brother, uh, my brother-in-law. Perhaps uh, please participate to help them in meeting their mounting medical needs by purchasing a fabulous plate of fresh-made pork barbecue and some amazing Brunswick stew, along with all the fixings. 100% of the proceeds will go to David and his family. David has become unable to keep his business going at this point because of his hospitalization and medical condition. He has improved well enough to be at his house, but he's under hospice rehab care um, and making positive strides to healing. He is still a good way from getting around, but God can do a work when we look to him and we trust. There is nothing we know impossible for our God. Now, David and Tracy uh, never became members here, but you may remember them. They sat back there on the back row. Um, but Amanda, their daughter, was baptized here by our uh, former Pastor B.J. Cobb, our associate pastor. David and his family sat in the back row unless some of you had, uh, unless some had been there and gotten in the back row before they got here. Uh, it seemed to always, they seemed to always go to the elderly of the congregation and the congregation around them. Tracy, the wife, would always go to Mr. Gene Roberts. I don't know if y'all remembered him and greet him and the others around him. A little about David. David and his family were active workers in our Upward program, which is coming up next week. Uh, David uh, refereed 
and Tracy was the leader of the uh, cheerleaders during a football portion of the Upward. Amanda assisted her mom mostly, but was willing to do whatever was needed. Uh, so that's a little about them. But please come out on April 2nd and partake. Purchase a plate or even some plates. There's flyers out in the vestibule uh, from, with more information on it. Take some flyers and help inform those around us of the event. And thank you for your prayers for this family as they see uh, what God has in store for their life and how they may live in the days ahead. Uh, thank you very much. All that is on the information out there. Uh, it'll be starting from 10 a.m. on April the 2nd. The plates will be starting to sell. If you get early and we have some ready, of course, we'll, we'll let you have them. And if we go past 3 o'clock, which is on the, on the, um, the flyer, um, if we still have stew, we're going to keep selling. So... <laughs> Come early and get your brunch plate, and then circle back around and get your late lunch plate. Um, let's go to the Lord in prayer. As Mark's message brought to us today, our outer self is wasting away the pain and suffering and the weight of this world upon us. But our inner self, our heart is full of the Holy Spirit. And we have that hope of resurrection and eternal life with Jesus Christ. Just pray that you continue to have your heart filled with that hope of everlasting life. And as we go out from here today, May we ever keep our eyes focused on Jesus is alive. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.